Good evening. Welcome to Voice in the Wilderness. I'm Don Noble of Pure Heart Ministries, and I welcome you today with exceedingly abundantly and overflowing joy. Before I begin tonight's message, I would like to ask you to pray for the Hawaiian island of Maui. These people have suffered a terrible fire disaster, many lives lost, homes lost, businesses lost, and the beautiful, beautiful town of Lahaina completely destroyed. So these people are desperate for our prayers and help. So, Father, right now, we lift up all the people of the island of Maui, and we ask you, as the comforter, to please come and comfort those hearts that are broken, fearful, just um, in great despair. We ask you to bring comfort to them as many has have lost loved ones and family members and businesses, etc. Father, we ask for your grace to enable them to get through this difficult time. We ask you to empower those believers on the island with great faith, with great perseverance, And we ask you to bless the people to be strong and courageous and that, Lord, we trust that you will help those of the family of God to do what you've called them to do, to be lights in the darkness. So we bless them with great faith, endurance, and great boldness in Jesus' name. Amen. Tonight's message is looking unto Jesus part two. And last week, I briefly mentioned a passage in the book of Hebrews regarding Moses. I want to take a deeper look at those scriptures to observe important clues for us as believers. So I'm going to be rereading Hebrews chapter 11, verses 23 through 27, If you have your Bibles and are going to follow along, I will be reading all this evening scriptures out of the New King James Version. So here we go. Chapter 11, starting verse 23. By faith, Moses, when he was born, was hidden three months by his parents because they saw he was a beautiful child and they were not afraid of the king's command. By faith, Moses, when he became of age refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter, choosing rather to suffer affliction with the people of God than to enjoy the passing pleasures of sin, esteeming the reproach of Christ greater riches than the treasures in Egypt, for he looked to the reward. By faith he forsook Egypt, not fearing the wrath of the king, For he endured as seeing him who is invisible. First of all, Moses had great parents as a role model. Verse 23 says that Moses' parents were not afraid of the king's command. Well, what was the king's command? To know that, we're going to go back to the book of Exodus 
chapter 1. And we're going to start with verse 8 and go through 22 to give us a little bit of background as to how this story unfolds. So verse 8, chapter 1. Now there arose a new king over Egypt who did not know Joseph. And he said to his people, Look, the people of the children of Israel are more and mightier than we. Come, let us deal shrewdly with them, lest they multiply and it happen in the event of war that they also join our enemies and fight against us and so go up out of the land. Therefore, they set taskmasters over them to afflict them with their burdens. And they built for Pharaoh supply cities, Python and Ramesses. But the more they afflicted them, the more they multiplied and grew. And they were in dread of the children of Israel. So the Egyptians made the children of Israel serve with rigor. And they made their lives bitter with hard bondage, in mortar, in brick, and in all manner of service in the field. All their service in which they made them serve was with rigor. Then the king of Egypt spoke to the Hebrew midwives, of whom the name of one was Shifra, and the other name was Pua. And Pharaoh said to them, When you do the duties of a midwife for the Hebrew women and see them on the stools, if it is a son, then you shall kill him. But if it is a daughter, then she shall live. But the midwives feared God and did not do as the king of Egypt commanded them, but saved the male children alive. So the king of Egypt called for the midwives and said to them, Why have you done this thing and saved the male children alive? And the midwives said to Pharaoh, Because the Hebrew women are not like the Egyptian women, for they are lively and give birth before the midwives come to them. Therefore God dealt well with the midwives, and the people multiplied and grew very mighty. And so it was, because the midwives feared God, that he provided households for them. So Pharaoh commanded all his people, saying, Every son who is born, you shall cast into the river, and every daughter you shall save alive. Okay, that verse 21. And so it was, because the midwives feared God, that he provided households for them. And I've looked at other versions of the Bible, and it literally says that God provided houses for them. So God provided. And do you see the blessing they received for reverencing God, for fearing God, not being afraid of God, but reverencing the ways of God? And because of it, because they saved the male lives of the Hebrew women, they received homes. 
God provided. When we stand for God's way and God's principles, we receive the blessing. The midwives refused the king's command to kill the sons born to the Hebrew women. And so we see that the next command of Pharaoh was to cast every son born into the river. But Moses' parents refused to throw him into the river to die. That would take a lot of courage. First of all, think about, we think about trials and situations that are difficult for us. Imagine a mother having a newborn baby son and throwing him into the River Nile. Now, I don't know if there's crocodiles or alligators. I think alligators are in freshwater. Crocodiles are in saltwater. So I'm assuming that the Nile River was maybe freshwater. I'm not sure. Nevertheless, when you throw your baby, newborn, a newborn, into the river, it's going to drown, first of all, and then it's going to be eaten by one of these large critters. This is not a pretty picture. This is not what a mother would desire, obviously, and it would take great courage to not obey the king's command. So they didn't. They hid Moses for three months. But you see, God had another plan in place to bless these parents. Now Moses' sister, she was watching all of this to see um, where the basket with Moses, when Jochebed, Moses' mother, had put it put him in a basket and covered it with tar and pitch to um, keep the water out and put the baby into the river. Moses' sister was watching all this, and she's watching to see where this basket with Moses is going to end up. When Pharaoh's daughter sees the basket, Miriam appears and chirps up and says, Oh, I can call a woman to nurse this baby for you. And Pharaoh's daughter says, go. So Miriam takes Moses back to his own mother and she nurses him. So when the Pharaoh's daughter said, take this child away and nurse him for me, she added a very important piece here that sometimes I think we fail to see when Sometimes we just gloss over the scriptures. But this is what she said. She not, she not only said, take the child and have him nursed for me. She added, I will give you your wages. Now, this is powerful. Because Moses' mother refused, refuses the command to kill her baby. And what does she get in return? She gets her baby back to nurse him. And let him grow. And then she gets paid to do it. This is the God we serve. Ever faithful to us. When we stand in faith. And we look unto the Lord with our problem. Last week Colleen mentioned. That she and her husband were both out of work at the same time. Okay they had two small children to feed. They had bills to pay. And this is. A pretty bleak situation. 
no income. How is this going to work? But they knelt beside their bed and they prayed and they believed God and they stood faithful looking unto Jesus and he brought them through it. So we have important clues for us from the scriptures in Hebrews 11. And the first one is that Moses' parents were excellent role models, right? They made a decision not to kill their child. Do you realize how many people today, married and unmarried, are making decisions to kill their children? But these parents made a decision not to kill their baby boy. So I'm just speaking to parents and grandparents and saying, be godly role models for your children and grandchildren. It will pay off. Number two, Moses refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter when he became of age. I refuse to be called any of the ugly names that the progressive left has come up with. I am proud to be a white conservative Christian woman. I am not a racist. I am not a white supremacist. I am not a homophobe or an Islamophobe. And I will not accept any of these tags because I know who I am and whose I am. I'd like to take a moment to read out of 1 Corinthians chapter 1. So if you'll turn in your Bibles with me to 1 Corinthians chapter 1 and verse 26 through 31. Paul writes to the Corinthian church, For you see your calling, brethren, that not many wise according to the flesh, not many mighty, not many noble, are called. But God has chosen the foolish things of the world to put to shame the wise. And God has chosen the weak things of the world to put to shame the things which are mighty, and the base things of the world, and the things which are despised, God has chosen, and the things which are not, to bring to nothing the things that are, that no flesh should glory in his presence. But of him you are in Christ Jesus, who became for us wisdom from God, and righteousness, and sanctification, and redemption, that, as it is written, he who glories, let him glory in the Lord. So that's who we are. God has chosen us. He has chosen the foolish. He has chosen the weak things of the world to shame the things which are mighty. And I believe that's why he chose Moses. He chose a weak one. He chose something foolish. And God used him mightily. Number three, Moses chose rather to suffer affliction with the people of God than to enjoy the passing pleasures of sin. Now, as a minister of the gospel, I will stand with my persecuted brothers and sisters rather than be liked and adored by the world. 
So turn to 2 Corinthians chapter 1, verses 1 through 5. Well, actually, verses 3, 3 through 5. Blessed be God and the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of mercies and God of all comfort, who comforts us in all our tribulation, that we may be able to comfort those who are in any trouble with the comfort with which we ourselves are comforted by God. For as the sufferings of Christ abound in us, so our consolation also abounds through Christ. So Moses was willing to suffer any affliction with the people of God rather than the passing pleasures of sin. And we who are, not because I'm a minister of the gospel, but any of us as Christian believers should be willing to stand with our persecuted brothers and sisters and bring comfort to those who need our comfort. Amen. Number four, Moses esteemed the reproach or the disapproval, but not just disapproval, but the censure conveyed in, in disapproval, meaning, meaning this. He esteemed the formal disapproval that would have come from the king of Egypt. You see what I'm saying? So when he decided to leave the king's court, he, that was, that was a, a, a serious reproach because that was a formal disapproval that would have come from the king. And he esteemed that. Moses held in great respect, esteemed, held in great respect, the reproach, the disapproval of Christ's greater riches than the wealth and treasures of Egypt. Moses saw the kingdom of God as having tremendous value, much more value than the things and the riches of this earthly world. And so too, we as Christians know that this earthly realm holds nothing of value for us, the Apostle John warns us in 1 John 2, verses 15 through 17. He says this. He says, Do not love the world or the things in the world. If anyone loves the world, the love of the Father is not in him. For all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life is not of the Father, but is of the world. And the world is passing away, and the lust of it. But he who does the will of God abides forever. So as believers in Christ, we don't want to value this world. We don't want to love this world. Because the scripture just tells us, that if we love this world, the love of God the Father is not in us. And the things that are in this world, just, you know, if you just take a moment and think about the lust of the flesh. 
Well, that's not just sex. That can be a whole variety of things. The lust of the eyes. We have more things. <laughs> I, I, I guess I could say something other. We have more things to let our eyes look at today than ever before. We have a variety of ways to look at all kinds of media. And of course, the lust of the eye isn't just, you know, lusting after pornography, but lusting with our eyes, um, you know, riches. I mean, pick up a magazine, a women's magazine, and there's always ads of diamonds and jewelry. And so there's this constant barrage of the world trying to get us to see, to visually, uh, um, it's things that would appeal to us. But we are not of this world. We just happen to be living in it. We're not of it. So we don't want the pleasures of the world, the lust of the eyes, the lust of our flesh, and the pride of life, because it's not of the, our Father. It's of the world. And John said, the world is passing away. And I would say to John, no kidding. We are watching it begin to pass away because Jesus is coming soon. But I like how he ends that scripture. He says, but he who does the will of God abides forever. Moses did the will of God. No, no doubt about that. In talking about the parable of the sower, the part where it says the sower explained, it says that the seed is the word of God. And it says when it, when it gets to the part about the seed that fell among the thorns, this is what scripture says. It says, now the ones that fell among thorns are those who, when they have heard, in other words, when they've heard the scripture, when they've heard the good news, they go out and are choked with cares, riches, and pleasures of life and bring no fruit to maturity. So there are people that have been to Billy Graham's great crusades, millions of people. Many other evangelists' crusades, many who've just sat in church and heard the gospel. And it fell among thorns. They heard the scriptures, but they leave the church or they leave the crusade and they're choked with the cares, the riches and the pleasures of this life. And therefore, they can bring no fruit to maturity. Moses made a conscious decision to esteem the things of Christ than the pleasures of sin. And he didn't allow himself to be choked with the cares, riches, riches and pleasures of this life. And therefore, he was used mightily by God, and he brought much fruit to maturity by standing against Pharaoh when Pharaoh, when he demanded to Pharaoh, let my people go. So um, we see that God moved quickly, moved those Israelites quickly out of the bondage of slavery with all the riches of Egypt. Now, that's amazing. 
And Moses got to see the reward. And by number five, by faith, Moses forsook Egypt, not fearing the wrath of the king. And those are key words. He did not fear the wrath of the king. Moses was not afraid of the consequences of his choice. So I would say to you, my brothers and sisters, we can be encouraged. We can be strengthened in our faith when we read these stories, knowing God is the same yesterday, today, and forever. We have Moses as one example of a great example. And we can look at those five areas where Moses stood strong and we can do the same. So, Father, as we look unto Jesus today, each day, may we be bold to stand in faith no matter what we face, knowing that we will see the reward. Amen. Well, I hope you enjoyed this message. It was wonderful to be with you today. And again, don't forget to pray for those people on the island of Maui. And I look forward to being with you next week. So this is Don Noble saying you can go to www.pureheart.today and listen to this podcast again. You can download the iHeartRadio app, go to Pure Heart Ministries podcast and listen to this 24-7. Thank you always. I will always thank you for praying for this ministry. Prayer is necessary and prayer changes things. Amen. And if you would like to support this ministry, you can send a check to Pure Heart Ministries, P.O. Box 85, Valley Grove, West Virginia, 26060. That's Pure Heart Ministries, P.O. Box 85, Valley Grove, West Virginia, 26060. I look forward to being with you again next week. This is Don Noble saying... Shalom, shalom. Peace be unto you.